Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of NHASED Spotlight, a podcast. This is where we discuss educational topics in order to be a catalyst for conversation to inspire excellence in teaching, learning, and leading. This is Jan Yost, the Executive Director of NHASED, and your host for this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NHA SCD Spotlight, a podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Tom Crumline, who is an NHA SCD board member and the assessment coordinator for the Concord, New Hampshire School District. Welcome, Tom. So nice to have you joining us in this conversation. I'm glad to be doing another one of these. Can't wait to talk to these authors. Um, So with us are the three co-authors of the new ASCD book, Principal Labs, Strengthening Instructional Leadership Through Shared Learning. We're thrilled to be talking with Carly Stone, Megan Cortland, and Samantha Kiesling. So welcome to our podcast, ladies. So great to see you. Thank you so much. So um, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of listeners who don't know who you are. So I'm hoping that each of you would tell us a little bit about yourselves. Sure, I can go first. Uh, My name is Megan Cortland. I am a literacy consultant for Oakland Schools, which is an intermediate school district. So we work with uh, several school districts, public school districts throughout Oakland County in Michigan. Uh, And I have gotten the pleasure of working with both Samantha and Carly, uh, both within the district and now in our new roles uh, at the county level. Uh, Hi there, I'm Carly. Um, I am the Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction for the Brandon School District, which is a district in Northern Oakland County. Uh, Formerly worked in the Waterford School District for 15 years. Um, which is also in Oakland County, Um, began as a middle school math and science teacher, was a middle and high school building administrator, uh, curriculum director for several years, and now in my second year of my current role here in Brandon. Hello, Samantha Kiesling. Um, I work with Megan at the um, Oakland County level in Michigan. Uh, We both work in the leadership and continuous improvement Um, unit. So we work a lot with districts on continuous improvement. Um, We both love, we all love job embedded professional learning and love working with teachers and students in the classrooms and also administrators um, all around. How do we get systems to change? How do we support and empower all levels of the system, students, teachers, administrators, and how do we make learning, teaching and learning fun and for everybody. So I'm excited to be here today. Well, thanks so much, um, three of you. So I'm very curious when people write books, kind of what motivated them to write the book and and the journey you took um, to getting there. I'll let you decide who goes first or whatever, but um, I'm wondering if you could respond to that. Sure, and you too jump in too, but I think that 
we really felt the, um, you know, kind of motivated to write the book after we had started facilitating principal labs for a while. And we started to see kind of the magic in this piece of learning that is targeted for instructional leaders, for principals and coaches and consultants to all come together and form a team. Uh, when we worked together in a district, we had a lot of really strong professional learning systems in place. Uh, you know, we had really strong teacher coaching um, systems and teacher labs, but we still oftentimes felt like there was some disconnect and some of the uh, professional learning goals would lose steam or lose momentum. And it really felt like once we put in this layer for principal labs, where we were thinking intentionally about what kind of learning and support do our administrators and our instructional leaders need, that we started seeing the whole system coming together a little bit more. And um, I think reflecting together has been one of the biggest pieces of learning for me at least and one of the joys in writing the book because every time we would sit down to think about what you know why did this work why was did this not work um that was learning for us and it felt like something that we were like man i wish we could share this with other people so it was part learning for us part being excited to share a piece that was really helpful for us in supporting a system and i add on to that, um, I'm sure, I'm confident that you're seeing uh, cool things, but for those of us um, who might not be as close to it as you, what, when you say you saw things coming together, what was it? What, what did you see that hadn't been or, because I'm, to be honest, I love this book and I want to start getting it going more in our school district. So I'm like, what did you see that that made you think, wow, this is, this is happening. Um, so, you know, we spent a tremendous amount of time in our, in our district work together, working with teachers and our teachers were taking on new learning, taking on risks, learning new pedagogy. And then, um, you know, they go through an observation process with an evaluator, with their building administrator and unintentionally, because that administrator hadn't been through the same professional learning cycle, didn't necessarily understand the new pedagogy and the way that our teachers were taking it on, um, unintentionally um, provided feedback to teachers that kind of set them back a little bit and um, caused them to feel um, nervous uh, uh -huh. and, and kind of return back to previous ways of teaching. It kind of limited their opportunity to take on new learning. So by us implementing an opportunity for principals to learn in a safe place, to be vulnerable with one another and instructional coaches and curriculum directors and assistant superintendents, um, we all sat around the table together and talked about what does it mean to take on this new learning? What might you notice? What might you see in a classroom that is evidence to support the fact that your teacher is taking on this learning and is moving along in their trajectory of implementation? Um, that was where the magic happened because then we started to see alignment between what our teachers were taking on and how our administrators were responding to them taking that on. And we saw much quicker progress in the implementation of whether it be NGSX, whether it be the use of literacy circles, whether it's looking at guided reading instruction, um, whatever that was, um, we saw more movement as a result of the work with leaders because they have such an influential voice with our teachers than we did without having that. So that's where the magic come from. That, that's, what, that's what got us so excited and we see a lot, lot more momentum. Wonderful, thank you. 
So, so I'd like to almost go back to basics. In case there are people who are unfamiliar with the whole idea of principal labs, could you define what is a principal lab? What's the composition? What's the purpose? Sure. And yeah, we know that the term lab can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So how we are defining a principal lab is modeled around the idea of teacher instructional labs, uh, only with leaders as the audience. And it's all about um, taking on learning and applying and supporting them in applying it. So there might be a, pro a professional learning session where you go and you get kind of, you know, introductory concepts or shared language, and you're not really supporting it in, applying yet. But in a lab, we're taking those ideas and thinking about what does this look like for my role? So for a teacher lab, teachers might be lesson planning together and then trying it out, watching each other in the classroom and giving feedback. But principals don't need to take that and try it out in the classroom themselves because they're not the ones who are carrying the instruction forward themselves. They need to do some learning around what it means to apply to their role, which is like Carly said, you know, giving feedback and planning for support for their teachers and working with coaches to be collaborative. Um, so, I think that um, the structure of the day really supports that, where they all come together and they tie to some shared learning, and then we go into a classroom or classrooms to have some facilitated observations of real life classrooms that are um, in a way that's tied to their shared learning. So whatever, you know, like Carly said, whether it's guided reading or NGSX, um, they're going in and they're looking just for those components in the classroom and then they're coming back and we've got some facilitated learning around. So what does that mean for us? Whether the focus of that day is how do we give feedback based on what we saw? How might we collaborate together to plan for next steps? Um, it has the basic components of shared learning observation and then coming back together to return to that shared learning. So do I understand correctly? I think I unmuted myself. Uh, I'm in a very old building that has those uh, loudspeakers that are at the front that you can barely understand, but they're also at full volume. Um, so I apologize for that. But um, you, you had done teacher labs. So um, we've done a little bit of that where I work, where teachers going into classrooms? Were they meeting together and talking best practice? Um, and, and like, had those existed for a long time or? When we first started writing this book and when we first started developing um, teacher labs, yes, we had a pretty well-established culture for teacher labs. Now that, you know, the idea has grown and we've really grown in it, we've been um, working with districts and facilitating principal labs where teacher labs might not already be in play. For some of them, this is their first experience with a lab um, kind of professional learning. And they're looking at, great, now that I've uh, participated in this kind of professional learning structure as a principal, how might we do this for our teachers as well? So it really could go either way. And if I can, I, I do want to go back to kind of the impetus for, for writing the book, too, is one of the things that we learned is, uh, you know, as we worked together, we had a specialist in, in ELA, and we had a specialist in mathematics, and we had a specialist in science, etc., within the department that supported folks within the district. What we learned real quickly, though, and it's kind of a duh, was that our principals very rarely our instructional leaders very rarely taught or were experts in more than one content area and more than one subject. Uh, 
So very rarely do they have an opportunity to learn and understand pedagogy in areas that they're not familiar with. And so having a principal lab provides them an opportunity for that new learning that Megan just spoke of, that shared learning experience. It gives them a chance to have exposure to the pedagogy. And oftentimes you can find many instructional connections across multiple content areas, but it gave them some more confidence in understanding because very rarely as a, a high school administrator, for example, very rarely do they teach more than one content area. Um, and, and, you know, they sure don't teach them all at the high school, that's for sure. Um, so they need an opportunity to build capacity and to feel comfortable with what that learning is so that they can give that strong feedback to teachers. So that was another thing that we noticed um, is to help build their uh, capacity, like I said, and confidence are two words we use all the time um, to really help them um, move forward and help push their teachers forward as well and support them. So I'm wondering um, what you think would make a successful lab and what might be the hurdles that people could expect to face or, or maybe in your experiences, what, what hurdles were experienced? So there, I mean, there's a lot of them. I think one of the things to lift about this is it's messy work. Like this is not uh, something that you can follow up one formula and expect the day to go perfectly all the time because we're dealing with bringing people together as humans and as learners and being vulnerable with learning with each other in a system that's messy, frankly. Um, so there's going to be lots of things that come up. Um, one of the biggest, I think, that we hear is time. You know, we know that principals are stretched in a million different directions and they often don't prioritize their own learning. You know, if there's any professional learning dollars, they're selfless and they want to give all of that money to their teachers to go do that without thinking about their instructional leaders as well. And that needs to be developed. So really prioritizing and kind of goes back to that, you know, that oxygen mask theory too about you can't help somebody else until you're helping yourself and building the culture where it's we are learners and um, instructional leadership roles as well. Um, one of the things that we try to do to honor time as well, aside from just prioritizing and recognizing that it's important and we're all in it together, is instruct instructuring the day. We usually try to be mindful of the many hats that principals and instructional leaders wear. You know, a lot of times they need to be there when the buses roll in in the morning. So even though we have a full day, it doesn't start until a little bit into the day to give them the allowance to do that. And we'll have some breaks throughout the day to kind of triage all of the emails and texts that are coming in and decide how to deal with that. And then again, end in time to get out for any last minute um, things before kids get on the bus. Um, I had, um, we did a very small version of this in my very small district. We only have seven schools, um, but it was sort of fun because it, the superintendent and assistant superintendent would join two principals and we would observe some teachers. And it really was great to talk with each other. But I see, and I haven't read all your book, but where you involved, um, non-administrators. And I wonder if one of you could talk a little bit about the benefits of that and, and, and how it looked. Because I can imagine 
uh, it being really valuable, but um, I'm interested in like you who've actually done it. Yeah, Tom, I think especially what you just spoke to to having central office and then building administrators and then anyone else who's working around planning for support or delivering support for teachers is important to have there and it can be flexible depending on the need of your lab. Uh, for example, when we were doing some labs with um, NGSX and science uh, standards and curriculum, it was really important to have a science consultant there to help the principals access, you know, what some of the vision is around that and what um, give them kind of a uh, cliff's notes on what teachers had received and what the vision was for their professional learning. And then that was also an important person to have in the room afterwards as they were planning for support because that person would be doing a lot of the, um, you know, they would collaborate with the principals, but they would be the ones running a lot of the professional learning for the teachers as well. Uh, we've had some, I think Carly or Samantha could probably speak better to it too, that might involve social workers. Um, if it's around, you know, an SEL initiative, um, whoever is best supports the role that you are, uh, or the goal that you're studying as in your lab. And I also think they don't always have to be within your own system either. So for example, in my transition to my new role, um, some of those roles that were I was previously accustomed to, to, to having, um, those aren't here. I'm in a much smaller district now than I was previously. And so, um, you know, we are currently participating in a series of principal labs with our elementary principals, and having access to um, county level folks, or maybe it's publishers, or maybe it is, um, you know, different. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be people within your own organization to participate in the lab to help support principals as they move forward. Um, but it's absolutely, you know, we feel we felt that was a game changer for us too because oftentimes um, administrators, I'm totally guilty of this. Um, you know, are a little bit tunnel vision and they just think of themselves, but having someone who has um, some other perspective about either the curriculum or what it means to be a teacher or getting feedback from teachers to be a part of the, the principal lab process really helped provide better context um, to where we were at as a, in our current situation and then how we can take that to move forward. I love that you're bringing in other people because when Tom said he comes from a very small district, I really wanted to chuckle because I came from one where there were two schools. So if um, in comparison to Tom, how many schools do you have? Seven, something like that, eight, I don't know. Yeah, we're small. If you go further south, the schools get a lot bigger, but in terms of like a school district in Michigan, we're really small. Probably. Yes. Yes, and we're minuscule in comparison to some Michigan. Yeah. So I, I love the idea of um, bringing other people in because um, we, couldn't, we couldn't do it if it was just the two principals. I mean, we could, we always had conversations, but I don't think we, we probably did it as well as we could have and follow your patterns and something like that. Um, Tom, do you have, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add to that. That's part of the power of principal labs is that it's really about bringing people together under a common um, mission. Like we all are in it to support teachers, to support learning. 
Um, and so it also has been a really great opportunity to network um, instructional leaders across buildings, um, across roles, so that we all are kind of working together towards the shared goal. Um, and we found as a result of Principal Labs that we were reaching out to each other more often, connecting with each other, calling other buildings, um, having conversations about things mm -hmm. we saw and heard in the classrooms and the impact that it was having on instruction and teacher learning. And so it really just um, connected us all around um, a common um, support structure. Like it was about our learning on all levels, teacher learning, student learning, and our learning as instructional leaders. That's awesome. Well, I was in a meeting today and it's interesting how in a day all your things come together to, to, to meet up. But we were, we only have one high school, uh, 2000 kids, a um, couple administrators, and they were saying we can't be the only high school in New Hampshire where kids are uh, on the brink. Um, they are fighting more than ever. Um, they are, uh, you know, self-harm is through the roof, like not actual, but, you know, ideation and things like that. And it makes me think, and I actually started an email before talking with you that we should reach out to some other similar size high schools and just talk to those principals. So it sort of connects with your thing, Jan, too. Like if I was, you know, the principal in a little small Barnstead Elementary, I have no choice but to reach out to another district's uh, principal to, to learn from. So it sort of gives me, you know, I'm, I'm excited to try and, try and think about some of this in our own district, but then maybe we can open it up to, to nearby districts too. I also think um, this model kind of um, is perfect for the SAU model. Uh, and just so you ladies understand what an SAU is, a supervisory administrative unit. So you have several districts under one umbrella. So it's a shared superintendent, assistant superintendent, maybe um, business manager, that kind of thing. Um, but reaching out to the administration, leadership, teachers, um, whoever is appropriate for the lab um, through the SAU seems like a great way to um, utilize this model. Um, so that sort of brings me to another thought. And let's say you've never done a lab like this before. And I really want to get something like this going. And I'm a, I'm a principal and I say, wow, this really makes sense. What's my next step beyond, yeah, this really makes sense. And I, I really would like to talk to somebody about it. Do you have any, any thoughts, any recommendations for folks that are listening? So I think in the book, it can help you kind of with some of your planning, first of all, and thinking about why you might want a principal lab, kind of like uh, Sam was referring to, like, what is that kind of common um, mission that you're looking towards? If it's some, you know, what is your need that you want to kind of rally around? Is there a common new curriculum that you're implementing and you want to know how to better support your teachers with this new resource? Is there an instructional shift that you're working on? Is it around just forming collaborative teams? And once you know that kind of reason, um, there's a structure and we give some kind of planning questions to ask yourself as you're going through that for facilitation around 
because it is not something that's just plug and play. You know, you can't just say, I'm going to do this. Here's my agenda. Now go. Um, but it's really about that kind of responsive planning. So throughout the book, we try to ask questions to prompt a a team of whoever is planning to facilitate, whether it's one principal or whether it's somebody working within that um, larger network um, to kind of think about what is it that my participants need? And then here are some options for how you might facilitate that part of the day. Um, for example, we always start with a connector of some sort and um, it'll give you some, the book will kind of walk you through how might your uh, participants need to connect with each other and with the content of the day and here are some possible options that you might want to start with if you're thinking about facilitating that. That's great. I'm sure those would be extremely helpful for anyone who wants to learn more and thinking about moving forward with this. Um, Something else that I'd add is just, yeah, please. just put dates on the calendar. Like it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be, you know, like it's messy work. There's never going to be a perfect time for it. The stars are never going to align, um, but if you put time on the calendar to prioritize collaboration, beautiful things happen. Yeah, and I also think to find a partner, like if you're in a small district and you're a single administrator, do you have a department head that you could lean on? Do you have a PLC leader? You know, is there someone um, that you can connect to that can help? you know, an, an aspiring leader in your building, whoever that may be, but find yourself a partner or a thinking partner to start to think and process through. So between that, you know, looking at the guiding questions in the book and then being conscious about carving out some time, I think you'd stand a, a decent chance of, uh, of getting something going. So do you have any other um, tools, shall we say, in the book that people would utilize? So now, going back now to the content of the book itself um, and how somebody might utilize that book. Yeah, so throughout the chapters, we'll kind of reference some tools that we've used or versions of tools that we've used throughout labs in the past. And then we, whenever we do a lab, uh, we would always get ready a clipboard for all of the participants. You know, here's your observation template. Here are any articles that we might share together, other uh, pieces. And so at the back of our book, our appendix is called the clipboard. Um, and it has copies of things that you might want to use with the idea that we want you to make them your own too. We don't want it to be something that you just run off and do exactly as we've done, but kind of play with it. And that's kind of where our tools get have been generated. Um, we have a kind of typical observation template. It's like a T-chart that we like to use a lot, but I think we've reworked it for almost every lab that we've done with to just focus people in a little bit different way. Um, but the clipboard is really our kind of wealth of resources. <laughs> well, I, I would say in looking at it, just to, to bolster what you've got there, and I think Samantha said, or maybe it was Carly, but one of you said it, put dates on the calendar. That idea, let's put dates on the calendar and something as visually simple as student behaviors, teacher behaviors, teacher. Well, you get, you get a bunch of intelligent principles in the room, you're gonna have good conversation just from that. So, I mean, I, just to amplify your point of just get, get it started, get the conversation started, I think is an awesome way to start. Totally agree, thank you. That's great. Um, so is there anything else you want to share about the book? And I, I have to ask also, 
if people um, have any questions or anything, um, is there somewhere they can go to ask those questions? So one thing that um, I think is important about the book, Megan kind of talked a little bit about it, is that um, this book for us was such a great learning and reflective opportunity. And when we, even when we, every time we went back to a chapter, we thought of different things that we could add or ways that we could change it. And so putting this book out into the world um, in stagnant form has been kind of tricky for us because we're continually thinking about it and revising it and having new ways of thinking about it and ideas that we're adding. And so we would love for people to reach out to us um, to talk and problem solve and connect around these ideas because they're ever evolving and growing. Um, that would be great. And um, with your permission, um, I can put contact information in the um, show notes. So all you have to do is send that to me. We'll make that available Absolutely. to the listener. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we close? When I was just checking in, I, I didn't get to put on the ASCD page, uh, at least for Megan, it links to some of your information, um, Twitter stuff, that sort of thing. I don't know if that's true for all of you, but that's actually a way that, um, I know it shows that I'm an old person, but um, <laughs> I like getting updates uh, through educators on Twitter. It seems to actually work pretty well. Yeah, we all have our contact information on there as well in the back. It's in the back of the book as well. I believe they put our, our Twitter feeds and such on there. Awesome. Another resource too is that we did put together a study guide on ASCD um, on the website. Perfect. So should you be working through with a team and you're looking through those chapters, we actually uh, carved out some intentional questions to help support somebody take on uh, the principal lab journey, uh, depending on the chapters um, that they were, you know, you're connecting to. So that's also an additional resource that can be accessed via the ASCD website. That's yeah. awesome. Those stu those study guides are great because they really get down to the salient points. Um, Tom, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? No, I said that's awesome. Thank you for. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, thank you so very much. This was such a pleasure. Um, we really loved the conversation and sincerely hope um, the book takes off, you know, and does really, really well. Um, so uh, we, like I said, we'll make sure to put all the information that we can in the show notes. So until then, thank you. And I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much for much. having us. Yeah, thank this you. has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of NHASCD Spotlight. Remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And be sure to visit us on our website, nhascd.org.